Welcome to VR in Education. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another exciting episode of VR in Education. As we've talked about in previous episodes, allowing students to flex their creativity, innovation, and even communication muscles in schools by creating VR experiences is highly desirable. Alas, sometimes that barrier to learning coding and programming inside a few VR creation engines is extremely time-consuming for teachers. So on today's show, we have Gabrielle Romagnoli, head of community at Tavori, and he's here to talk to us about their wonderful VR creation program. Tavori has been described as one of the best virtual creation tools on the market. And this is mostly because it has this beautiful interface and ease of use. So welcome to the show, Gabrielle. Hi, Craig. Hi, everyone. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's uh, really a pleasure to be here. Tell us a little bit about your origin story. In other words, what got you interested in this powerful communication medium we call VR? So basically, it was with the original uh, Vive, so the moment that the first uh, uh, wave of consumer headset hit the market. I got one with the idea, oh, this is going to be amazing. I'm going to be playing amazing games here. And then I discovered that kind of like the, the, the biggest value from these kind of, of tools and technology uh, was in, in the creative aspects. Uh, so personally, I started exploring uh, software that would allow me to do things that technically I would never be able to do in real life or it would take me, as you correctly mentioned, like months to learn how to do using the, the standard tools. Uh, and that's where basically with Tilt Brush, Google Blocks, um, and indeed Forty Later, nowadays Gravity Sketch, and I cannot even imagine how many more of these two are going to come uh, that, go, that are getting me every day excited uh, to, to jump in VR and start creating and collaborating with people. Gabriel, do you come from a creative background in the first place or it's just something that sort of percolated as a consequence of VR? Uh, that's that's actually interesting because I do have a PhD in biotechnology that has nothing to do with the first class of creativity. <laughs> uh, so the answer is no. Um, I believe there is always a creative heart in people, uh, and some have it have it like let's say more prominent than others. Uh, so I always try to be kind of like innovative and creative in the way I was doing things. Uh, but certainly having the right tools uh, to do that makes a difference. Uh, speaking of that, let's talk about your software, Tavori. First of all, I love the name. How did you guys decide to come up with this kind of beautiful, almost rolls off your tongue, Tavori? Yeah, I mean, uh, and thanks actually for pronouncing it very well. That, that That's not, people don't get the same success first time. Uh, <laughs> but it's, um, it's actually uh, the translation of create in Russian. So mm. it is basically the uh, it, it was born since the beginning uh, with the idea of allowing to 
create. And uh, creation can take many meanings, can take many forms. So it was kind of like a word that would describe and um, different uses uh, and different opportunities that VR has to offer. Hmm. You know, creation isn't new, of course. We could go on a big history tour here, but I won't. But why create in VR? In other words, to what extent is designing or even just watching experiences in VR better than we call it like pancake or flat 2D film and animation? You know, why use VR to do this instead of the computer, which has been around for a while and there's been lots of content created on the computer? So I think uh, the, the question that you just asked has two faces. So the first is the experiencing part. So why to experience something in VR? And the other side is why to create something in VR? And this is something that people often kind of like um, interchange, but I think they are very different. So <clears throat> when you are in VR, you can experience things and have this feeling of presence. So you are there surrounded and you have a, a much tighter, the user has a much tighter emotional bond with what is happening around him. Right. And also has this level of interaction that when he sees things on a 2D screen, it's, it's very limited or unexistent. So it is in, in a sense, a different experience. Creating in VR and why creating VR has a, has a very different value because, uh, if in, in, in standard software to create, uh, 3D content, for example, let's assume you have, you have a block and you want to move that block, uh, in, in this 3D space. You have to know how a gizmo work, uh, where is actually, where is actually the, uh, uh, the, the option to toggle the right kind of gizmo. Well, in VR, that is not a problem because you just use a controller, you grab it and you move the object. So it has all that, um, level of simplicity, uh, that, that instead it's the main obstacle for creators to start, uh, building 3D experiences. You know, I never, it, it never dawned on me that way, the way you explained it till I, I started dabbling in uh, a program called A-Frame. A-Frame builds WebXR experiences. So in A-Frame, you can use simple H HTML coding. But the hard part, as you just alluded to, when doing it just on the computer and not inside the headset is, you know, you have to decide and really decipher the X, Y, and then the up and down Z axis and providing coordinates to that and knowing does it have to move, you know, up, which is positive Z or down, which is negative. And that gets really confusing. So doing it, you're right, doing it in VR is more natural because it's simply you pick up the block and you either teleport or maybe walk over and you can drop it in a new location. Yeah, and to add to that, of course, you need to know under which sub-menu that X, Y, Z actually is, right? You need to maybe click on edit, edit mode, go on the side panel, scroll down, and you will find the movement option. So it's not just understanding how that works, but also finding it within the whole, the, the, the creative experience. You know, besides this uh, 3D visual spa spatial aspect, one of the hardest parts that I've heard from teachers and then even from myself about designing VR experiences is the steep learning curve that usually comes with making it interactive. 
you know, world building is one thing. And, and of course, I, I would say that that barrier is a bit lower. You know, people can even use things like uh, VR chat or rec room to maybe build assets. But the true magic is how do we make them interactive? Like how do we allow the user to, to push a button or to grab or to animate and move stuff? How does Tavori lower the barrier for this for people wanting to make something more interactive in VR? You know, I think this is the biggest question that we are so, um, so deep into it um, in the sense that we have been talking with designers uh, and uh, all over all over the world, all kind of experiences in enterprises, in uh, um, uh, students, uh, um, and it, it's so complex because what is interaction and what is the purpose of showing that interaction? So, is it, for example, something that you use for communication? Something that you're going to build as a video that you can share to explain others what the function is going to look like? Or is it something that people have to test, right? So in the first case, for example, uh, that's where Tuori really shine because you are able to technically animate uh, very easily just moving an object around. And this is currently what is happening in our uh, um, version for PC. So in Tuori on PC, what you can do is that you can easily grab a block or anything or even animate the properties of uh, a button to make it change color. That, of course, it's going to result in a video in um, something that you can show to people, but technically it's not really interactable. It's more telling a story, right? Mm -hmm. On the other hand, having instead that level of interactivity, and it, it, is, it is indeed very complex because, as you mentioned, uh, tools like Rec Room or, or others, they are trying to do it. But are they really making it possible? I mean, how complex is to build those nodes to 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 have an, a door opening? I mean, my I was just overwhelmed by seeing all that has to be made in order to make that happen. So, uh, and for that, we haven't found a, um, a solution yet, to be very honest with you. So if it's about telling a story and show how that app could look like and communicating it to others, Tori is just incredible on PC. What we are, it's now our biggest challenge, is trying to find a way to implement a level of interactivity on our new version of Tori on Quest that would allow to create that level of interactivity that is enough for a designer to create and simulate that interaction without the extra layer of complexity that all those logic add to the system. So it, it, is, it is very... Uh, it, it is very, very exciting. I think we, we could spend hours talking about this uh, yeah. person. I want to I say that I think you downplayed the following. It's still, in my opinion, incredibly arduous for a beginner to even, as you alluded to, create those animations that you talked about. And so to have even that more simplified for new users, whether that's in a school setting, is just tremendous to you know allow them to get headsets on and and make things like you said move around or flash because that alone is a high barrier so kudos to you guys for uh you know making that entry level a lot easier for people to try and tell a story absolutely absolutely i think that is uh uh i mean and it's hard to say it and it's hard to explain i mean you should really try it 
I mean, I really, I swear, I'm not an animator. I've not done anything. And I've started animating in VR. And I, if, if you have a little bit of strong will and you say, okay, I'm going to try this, I believe that everybody within one week can start creating his own little animation. No problem. You know, when, when you browse your website, it's quite impressive. Some of the people that are uh, on there that are using Tavori. For example, you have Cartoon Network on there. Can you give us some examples? You know, it doesn't have to be from necessarily Cartoon Network, but give give the the listeners some examples of some experiences that uh, are notable that have been created with the help of Tavori. Well, I mean, there are a couple. One of the Cartoon Network is absolutely valuable because the team had no uh, kind of like design experience and they wanted to start figuring out being uh, a VR experience, how is that going to feel like? From the user perspective. So if I have to design something like a space or like, um, let's say, a forest or, or uh, a throne room from, from a mad king, how is that going to feel like? Maybe I can sketch it first, but what if I can sketch it and be as fast as possible directly in VR? So that's what they use it for. So they kind of like creating the environment. They were able to import their own rigged models uh, directly into Tvori and then animate them basically just if 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 uh, let's say a character in the story would raise his hand and wave to the user they would just raise they raise the puppet hand and and wave so it, it is just that easy and this allow them to share this vision uh, and and get faster on with their project because they were directly in VR the other advantage was also that what was created could readily be exported, for example, to Unity, uh, and where they could then refine add the interaction and all that basically uh, uh, extra layer. The fact is that finally, designer and creatives were able to join really that part of the process and not just writing notes and giving sketches to then developers that would come up with something that was totally different from their vision. So that is um, one of basically of the uh, uh, of a good example. But there are many more. I mean, uh, Unity uh, designed their Mars AR application using Fori. Uh, the future of e-commerce uh, uh, at Walmart was also designed. So a lot of actually VR content has been uh, has been designed using using Fori, allowing then indeed those designers, those early people. Uh, those people that take care about the early process to join the party. One unique feature that you've already mentioned that I want to unpack a little bit more is, again, I, I got this from browsing some of the great sort of videos and examples that are on your website, is you, I think you call them uh, biped characters or AKA puppets. And it looked from the YouTube clips or the video clips that you provided, it looks so interesting. And I've, I've I've tried a lot of design VR design programs, you know, and none of them seem to have sort of this unique uh, this unique uh, attribute, which is to grab this puppet like character and, like you said, be able to you know make its arms move. So unpack that a little bit more. So what happened is basically the pup. There are different ways of doing that. So we have basically our standard pre-rigged puppets that has all inverse kinematic on. Uh, and that basically you can kind of like also swap and adjust, having that the different parts of the puppet could look something different. 
Uh, in alternative, you could also have other rig models that, for example, can be found on Mixamo. Uh, interesting for everybody that maybe is listening to actually check it out because it's a very good, good kind of like library where you can j- just download different rig models that look, for example, like a man, a woman, uh, a nurse, uh, a monster, whatever. But after you have got that, basically you bring it into the scene. Now, what happens is that when we are discussing right now, we are thinking about developing VR content. But technically, I think that the real power in the future, and in this case, also for educators, is not necessarily the ability to prototype and design only that VR content. So if you imagine, for example, about um, you checking in at the airport, right? And you want to tell a story about how that thing is going to, it's going to be done, right? In the future, there might be different steps. Well, the best thing that you can do is get a puppet, put it here, and show how he, for example, moved towards the uh, the checking counter uh, and maybe put the luggage and maybe there is more space within within the previous user. How are people currently doing it? They, they draw storyboards, right? Uh, because that's the way they do it. And this allows basically to start creating and tell this 3D story and then leverage that kind of like puppet and that animation capabilities uh, to tell animated story that otherwise would, would remain very likely static. Or the alternative is to get someone that is very skilled and maybe is very expensive or doesn't have the time uh, and try to get him on board on the project so that he can help you, uh, let's say, uh, uh, finalize and create this, this, this little video, this clip that you want to show about the project that you're busy with. You know, my my mind was turning because as you described that great example at the airport, I couldn't help but think, I always wondered how many times they've tested the fastest, most efficient way to load an airplane and how neat it would be maybe to, to use Tavori puppets to try and animate that. Is it, you know, right now, obviously the current most used system to load and unload an airplane is... You know, you load it from the back to the front and then you unload it from the front to the back. But is that the best way? I'm not sure. Have they actually tried to test that out? I'm not sure either, but it sounds like you almost could use Tavori to simulate something like that. Exactly. And I wouldn't call it even simulation, right? But how would it look like if a bunch of people will be together having this model of an airplane even sketched out and says, okay, how can we solve this problem? Who are the people in front? Who are the people behind? How do we move them? Imagine like being like a big scale and be able to move people around even without being able to animate it, but just to discuss with something that you see. Mm -hmm that you wouldn't even be able to do in real life, right? I mean, unless, and this is a very valuable option, right? Imagine you have a Lego structure, right? Uh, I see that working when you have different uh, different Lego pieces for the seats, for the exit, the door, and people playing with it to kind of like think. That is one of the things that I think VR, it's, it, it's going to shine because it helps people to visualize things. And that is where basically MVP, the, the MVP on Quest uh, of Tori that will basically uh, going to be used for uh, at the beginning. So it's about that early design, that early brainstorming, that early figuring out things together with other people that cannot be with you face-to-face. Mm, fantastic. A second feature that I really like that you guys have implemented has to do with when you're moving objects in that 3D space, let's say I have a block and I want to put it up on maybe you know the top of a ladder. Some programs that I've used 
That's a really finicky process because, you know, you, you got to get it just right. You don't want to kind of look unusual, which means it's partway in the top mm-hmm. rung of the ladder. But you guys have this neat little feature which makes this more precise, more efficient, less worry about f- getting kind of finicky the exact spot. You know, the design process gets so much simpler with this new feature. Tell us a little bit more about this tool. Indeed. I mean, we, what we heard when discussing with, uh, with, with creators was that uh, precision was important. Uh, so we basically designed a, a, a completely um, uh, and, and learned, also learning from other tools, right? So I wouldn't say that we have kind of like reinvented the wheel. We've just taken our back pra- the best practices from everything we have seen so that, for example, you can easily have objects to snap to each other uh, move them on the same plane. Uh, so imagine that you have, for example, uh, a big panel of a UI, right? And let's say that you would uh, have to, you would want to design different buttons that are all aligned, that are basically like on the same plane of that original uh, panel. Well, in that case, you grab the button, you will see a, a little highlight that tells you, hey, you can actually snap this. And by pushing a button, that snaps. So it, it, it is all those layer of basically like um, trying to simplify uh, and recreate uh, a precise manipulation, object manipulation experience in VR that I think we have invested a lot. And uh, I, I, I personally was a bit frustrated, me also as, as a user, to that, mm. why I cannot snap stuff? Why it doesn't work? But I think our developers did an incredible job. And within one month, they managed to pull off what I think is the most comprehensive uh, um, object manipulation tool that right now you could find. And this is also what makes me excited about what's going to come for, for Twilion Quest because it's it's really just show the possibilities. We have ported that same system also on Quest. And as of next week, everybody that joined the, as, a, as a beta tester uh, will get access to that, uh, to that tool and will be able to start creating together with other people and move objects around uh, because our first focus for this MVP is really to have people to join, uh, collaborate together and move objects around with precision. That is our first step. And what's coming, I'm just very excited about it because having seen what, what the development team has built, uh, it, it's just blown my mind. I, I just cannot. So when designers are creating in the 3D space, Often it first started out that this was very solitary, but, you know, Tilt Brush, for example, used to be a single user. Uh, Gravity Sketch was for just a single person. However, you guys have built in a collaborative feature into Tavori. So tell us a bit more about this aspect of Tavori. So, indeed, as you mentioned, when we basically got in contact initially with with designer, we discovered that, but can I get people in? And that is basically from the need of uh, sharing and communicating your design early in, in, in basically the design process, because that's where uh, tools like Tori and, as you mentioned, Gravity Sketch, they also shine. They are not tools to create your final layout or hyper-realistic graphic, but they are amazing and iterating and getting those ideas. And, of course, communication is part of it. Of course, the moment that you allow the one that is communicating, for example, or to which you are you are telling this this you are explaining this design and your choices to make a change within it then is of course the power especially of course in the, in the world we live in nowadays uh, it's it's just uh, 
exponentially uh, exponentially more. So, um, and of course, this makes even more sense to add to something that is extremely uh, portable, like, for example, an Oculus Quest, and in the future, certainly, other uh, standalone VR headsets. So the idea here is that indeed with this um, on the MVP of Twori that we will release uh, next week, and again, if you want to try it, you should subscribe as a beta tester on our website, uh, is to join together and basically have the ability to co-create. And uh, and this, I think, is, is going to be like... Uh, it's going to have two major advantages. So the first is indeed what I just said, right? So that you get people together to create. The other is that you make this so much more accessible because, of course, people don't need a VR PC anymore, but they can just join wherever they are uh, and on a quest that is now, as we all know, very widespread and consequently allowing if with your students, right, that is already invested in your, uh, in, for example, a fleet of, of headset, uh, or maybe as a client that is want to review a project, already to invite him in and, for example, at that point also pitch the project. That is also another important thing that people very often miss. It's like, how do you actually explain what, how a project is going to look like? Right. I mean, you are, we are all now relying on these sketches and maybe something that you have built very expensively in Blender or Unity. And when expensive, I mean, in terms of commitment from the organization, the company, the designer, whoever spends a lot of time to build it. Why not have a early design session with the client to to get him straight up to understand what's this going to work, uh, how this going to look like uh, in Again, right in blocks, in in an early idea, but to get them excited from from the get go, and most importantly in VR, where as you talked about earlier, everyone has that true sense of presence, and everything looks, you know, relatively real, as opposed to trying to pitch it, you know, on a two D screen or through Zoom yeah. or some other uh, video conferencing. So that's fantastic. Hey, on your website you list uh, several reputable schools and you know you talk a bit about the fact that they're using Tavori. For example, MIT is listed on your website as well as Berkeley, two highly regarded schools in the United States. In what ways are either these two schools or maybe any of the schools you talked about using Tavori right now? So what is fascinating is that um, being a bit of a sandbox, uh, uh, Tvori right now uh, satisfies different needs. So one is the original intended need from the from the animators uh, and from uh, let's say 3D artists that wanted to create pre-visualization and those sketches and allow basically to create those animated stories that basically are going to result as a 2D product, for example, like an animated movie uh, or or or, or so on. Now, that's the first thing because that's also the heritage uh, in a way of Twori. Now we see a very different, uh, uh, since we are kind of, we are investing more from the development perspective and also from, from the way we, we are talking about the, the, the potential of the tool, it's, it's a broader 3D uh, design. To give you some example, uh, we have now a university, uh, for example, in um, Cincinnati that has been using uh, Tori to uh, actually design a, a robot for healthcare. 
So telling the story of how that robot actually interacts with the environment, interacts with the nurse that has to provide information of how it's going to, uh, let's say, sterilize or, or, or um, clean, for example, the, the patient room. Um, we have other use cases where um, people are exploring how to use it to tell uh, um, autonomous driving uh, user journey, right? So in the case, what's going to happen if a car without a driver arrives? How is, for example, the uh, the pedestrian going to perceive it? Is it going to be scared or not? So let's, let's go in and let's try to explore it in space. Um, so the users, I think they would say, uh, initially were more from a very, very, very much creative angle, uh, meaning animation and uh, 3D artists. And now they're moving into basically these use cases to explore and help uh, designer and, uh, and creatives start jumping into, into the design world for VR. And we see also a little bit uh, that it's really starting right now uh, to get people to uh, ask questions like, okay, but how do we prototype the real world in VR? Hmm. You have listed some really exciting stuff, especially stuff coming down the pipe. What's in the next, let's say, six or 12 months, what are you most excited about as it relates to Tavori and VR creation? Personally, uh, I think that the most exciting is, is to that question that you ask. And it's like, how we, are we going to be able to allow people to tell stories? Uh, the, and, and that, that is, that is going to be game changing because having interaction simulated, having, having something moving, it's something that nobody has, has really nailed yet. Um, and that's why the, the ability to push uh, Tvorio on Quest is going to allow to get so many people, like so many people. I mean, in a matter of one month, start to recruiting, we have got around 900 uh, subscribers to our beta testers. Uh, and uh, we are so looking forward to hear how that's going to shape up because at the moment, we really don't have an answer. We are waiting for you, possibly anybody that is listening, uh, to actually provide that input, test it, and see how we could then uh, build that storytelling mechanism, right, via interaction, via animation, uh, uh, however that's going to look like. Uh, we have seen that over the past year, we we have built a very solid product, and now is the moment really to uh, to make it suitable uh, for a broader market uh, to, to tell stories uh, about real world or about VR. You know, Gabrielle, is there anything maybe that we haven't talked about, maybe something that you thought is left unsaid that you think the listeners might want to hear about Tavori or VR in general? Um, I think that uh, if there is one thing that that I think people that are maybe approaching this is, is, is the distinction, again, as I said at the beginning, between having VR as a tool and having VR as a product. So I think that tools like Tvori allow to uh, basically uh, uh, explore that reality of using VR as a tool and like that gravity sketch, like that others. So um, really have this shifting mindset. Do not think of VR as necessarily as something complicated and something that... Uh, you would need to learn how to use Unity. Those those tools are there. They work now, and they do especially especially for uh, uh, for educators would be extremely valuable. Me personally, as a parent of a five years old, I cannot wait that my son is going to be old enough to wear comf comfortably the headset to introduce him uh, to this world uh, because it, it is going to be a new skill set that I think 
the new generation it, it's going to really find very valuable and also the new marketplace for for uh, professional development mm, well said and i i echo your sentiments in that you know thanks to people like you guys who recognize that there are some you know people out there who may not be as tech savvy or maybe just don't have the time to sit down to learn sort of the higher end complicated programs you know thank heavens that you guys are in our marketplace to allow people as you've alluded to in this podcast to create some pretty amazing vr experiences that aren't as passive and that engage us through animation and engage us through telling a story where it's more than just sort of watching video sort of go by us. So, you know, thank you for uh, hope, hopefully flooding the marketplace with that. Absolutely, absolutely. Really excited. How could people get a hold of you if, like you said, they're interested in the beta test or maybe just have some more questions about your program? So there are basically uh, um, three ways. The first is go on the website, Go on uh, uh, Tori.com, and if you scroll the page, you can become a beta tester, and you'll get notified next week uh, when the big announcement drop. Uh, the other, of course, you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Gabriele Romagnoli. You can just find the name. And recently, I just joined Clubhouse, and Clubhouse reminded me, you don't have a lot of followers. It's going to be a lonely place. So <laughs> if anybody indeed uh, would uh, would like to follow me, my, my plan is from now to start having this conversation revolving indeed around VR design and collaboration um and uh, and get the conversation going because the more people we educate uh, the faster this is going to grow gabriel thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for taking the time to talk to us and doing a wonderful job of explaining some of the great features of tavori absolutely great thank you very much and thanks for you for uh for being a pioneer and and a driver uh, in in this space my pleasure